Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. God bless you. Amen. This morning, I'm bringing a word to you. I titled it, The Blessing of Solomon. Now, I want to talk about the blessing of Solomon. There can be two messages. One, the blessing that Solomon blessed the children of Israel with after the building of the temple. The second message that can come as the blessing of Solomon is the blessing that God put upon Solomon's life. I'm ministering the second. Amen. Proverbs 10.22 says that the blessing of the Lord it makes rich and no sorrow is added to it. When God blesses us, God doesn't add sorrow to it. Amen. And King Solomon is known as a, a man who was very blessed. He was blessed, a blessed king. He's known for his wisdom. He's known for the wealth. He's known for the honor that God gave to him. God gave it to him. Hallelujah. God made him very special. And it came in this wise. Now it's like I'm going to say, it came, this is how it came about. Bible says that in 1 Kings chapter 3, from verse 4, I'll be speaking down to maybe 14 or so. But then it came to pass, the Bible said the king, that is Solomon, went down to Gibeon and sacrificed there. And he sacrificed with a thousand burnt offerings. That means that a thousand sheep and the burnt sacrifice is the one that you burn the animal whole. There are different, different sacrifices that the Old Testament talks about. Some of them, you take the lame, you take the arm, the priest gets his share, uh, you know, and everything. But this one, when God calls for a burnt offering, he's saying that the whole animal should be put on the altar and burned whole, leaving nothing, nobody gets anything. And Solomon burnt a thousand sheep in one day. So you can imagine what, apart from the, the cost of it, <coughs> The, 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 the work that it involved. And so Bible says that and in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream that night. And God said, ask, what shall I give you? What I shall give you? And Solomon said, you have shown unto your servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And you have kept for him this great kindness. And you have given his son, to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O oh Lord, my God, thou hast made me servant king. Watch this. Servant king over Israel. Servant king in the stead of David, my father. And I'm but a little child. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. And your servant is in the midst of a people which you have chosen. A great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for a multitude. Give therefore your servant an understanding heart that is wisdom, to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil or good and bad. For who is able to judge this, like, this so great a people? And Bible says, and the speech, what he said, pleased the Lord, that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said to him, because you have asked this thing, and you have not asked for yourself long life, nor you have no riches for yourself, nor the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding and discernment of judgment, that is wisdom, behold, I have done according to your words. 
I've given you a wise and understanding heart so that there will be none like you, either before you or after you in wisdom. Amen. And I've also given you that which you have not asked, both riches, wealth, and honor, so that among the kings that will come, no one will be like you in wealth, in honor, or length of days. And he said, if you walk before my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as David, your father, did walk, I will give you long life. So, so, put your hands together. Very powerful reading. Solomon offered unto God a thousand burnt offerings, a very costly sacrifice. As I said before, not only in the money or in the cost, but even in the strength of people killing a thousand sheep, putting them on altar, an altar and burning them to ashes. I mean, it was great work. Amen. A costly sacrifice. But Solomon made this sacrifice out of his love for God. Because if you read the verse 3 of the chapter 3, which I just read to you, Bible says, and Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David, his father. Then they said, but only that he sacrificed and burnt offerings in high places. And this was because Solomon went and married different women from different countries and different cultures. So he's following. But Bible said David loved the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord. And it was in his love for God that he gave a thousand burnt offerings. It was an extravagant giving. Extravagant. He was extravagant in his giving because he loved the Lord. And you know, in life or in this world, the test of love is in giving. The test of true love is in giving. Because love gives, lust takes. Hello? Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. God in his love for us gave unto us an extravagant sacrifice. His only begotten holy son. To die a shameful death for the sake of all mankind. It was a, 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 a very great sacrifice. Because Bible says that you know, for a righteous person, somebody might dare to die. But for a people that you are not even sure of, and now we know many people don't even accept the sacrifice. Some don't believe it. Some rubbish it. A man laid down his life. God gave his son. So it was a very costly giving, but it was the love of God that brought this to pass. <clears throat> So giving is a natural show of love. Wherever there's love, there's giving. When you love something, you want to give to it. And I just remember as I was spending down this uh, message, I remembered um, Battersea Dog House in London. Battersea <laughs> Dog House. What you have done? Google it. It's a place where they, they keep dogs. You know, all kinds of those stray dogs, lost dogs, found dogs. And the amount of wealth that that place has because people die and leave their fortune to Battersea Dog House. They don't leave it to people, though. They leave it to the dog pound, the dog house. And so Battersea Dog House is very, 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 very rich. Amen. Because people love dogs. And their love for dogs and the welfare of dogs and the well-being of dogs <laughs> is more than for men. Surely you could have found a neighbor, but no. Don't judge them. 
that is where their heart is, and that is where they give to because they love dogs. You see, because when you love something or someone, you don't mind giving to that person or to that cause. People love different things. People that there, there are many causes that people give their lives to. And I remember one day, the same London it was in the mid of winter, and I was I think on Oxford Street, and I saw some people, you know, making a noise with placards. And it was a group of people in the cold weather. I mean, very chilled weather, very cold. They were standing with placards <laughs> in front of a shop. And that shop is a shop where they sell, um, I think something, Canada goose. Canada goose is a coat, a winter coat. But they put goose down, goose feathers on it. And they are against it because they love geese. They, they, they love animals. They are animal lovers. And they don't understand why you should take the feathers of precious geese and put it on a coat to warm human beings. So they are protesting. They were in front of the shop. And when I asked, they said, oh, they're always there. Winter time, summer time, they take tents. And it was so cold that we were rushing, but they were standing in the cold, actually protesting. So they'll stop manufacturing Canada goods, the coats. So love can make people do a lot of things. It's because of love that some people will even, you know, bind themselves with, um, what do you call it, um, bombs. Because according to their understanding, they love whatever cause they believe in, so they have to kill themselves and kill others. You know, some of it is quite crazy, but love has a way of making people want to give their best. Amen. So God's response to Solomon's love and to Solomon's sacrifice was this. Bible says that also in the same place in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon by a dream in the night. And God said, what do you want? Ask, I'll give it to you. So in response to the love and the sacrifice of Solomon, God also gave Solomon a blank check. Whatever you want, Solomon, say it, I'll give it to you. I mean, this is big. But Solomon's request was this. He said, give me an understanding heart so I can take care of your people because he's king, to govern your people and give me the difference, to know the difference between good and bad so I can judge rightly. And later on, if you continue to read about the, the, the life of Solomon and his kingship, you realize that he was a just king and he had wisdom to judge between, you know, very, in very difficult circumstances. One, the typical one was between the two prostitutes and their babies. You remember that one? If you don't know, continue to read the same chapter 3. You'll find it there. <clears throat> so his request was not for gold. His request was not for silver. It was for an understanding heart to still serve God. So what Solomon was asking was not something for himself. He was asking for a, an understanding heart, wisdom, discernment to still serve God. The same God that he had sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings to. That maybe should have been enough. So when asked, what do you want? I'll give it to you. He could have said anything. But he said, still give me wisdom to serve your people. And Bible said God was pleased with his request. You know, <clears throat> and I thought about it. When you come before a great king, be careful what you ask. Because I mean, what you ask will be small when compared to what he can give to you. Apostle Don Kramer tell, told me of a story. He still tells it. It's so, so funny. One day he was sitting down. I think he was praying or something. Or he was just there. And then Jesus appeared before him. 
And Jesus started talking to him. And he said, for a long time, the Lord was talking to him about the end times. And he was listening. And when he finished, he asked him, Don Kramer, what can I do for you? And he said, at that time, he had a finger that I think either had been cut off or something through. I think that's, he had a finger that's been cut off through something. He said, Lord, how about my finger? <laughs> and the Lord looked at him and said, Don Kramer, you're my friend. And I love you. That's what the, and I love you. And then he disappeared. So later I said, ah, what stupidity was this? Why do I ask about my finger? There are thousand and one things I could have asked the Lord. But he said he just knows that he was just dumbstruck by, by the appearance of God. He didn't even know what to ask. He said, how about my, my finger? <laughs> you know, I always used to say that the day I get to heaven and I see Jesus, I'm going to ask him a whole lot of questions. A whole lot of questions about my life. And I'm going to ask him, Lord, why? Why? I don't mean, why they? But the one that I was also sitting there and I heard this song. It says, um, when I see him, will I fall before him or to my knees? Will I stand? Will I stand? Oh, please. I can only imagine when that day comes. Right? Yes. Hey, I can only imagine what it be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Will I will I stand before? I don't know. I can only imagine when the day comes when your face is before me. I can only imagine what the Eyes will see. Why not? The person that will I dance for you, Jesus, or to my knees? Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Oh, in all you be still, will I stand in your presence? To my knees, will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. Oh, I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory. Surrounded by your glory. What will my heart feel? Will I When I stand, when I stand in your presence, onto my knees, when I, when I sing hallelujah, when I be able to speak it all, I can only imagine, I can only imagine, I can only imagine, one more time, surround. 
I'll just be happy to be in your presence. So what I'm saying is that, you know, when we stand before the king, be careful what you ask. Because he can do more than you, you desire. He can do more than you think you need. Solomon could have asked anything. He just asked simply, God, just give me wisdom to, 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 to govern your people. And God said, listen, you could, have asked for wisdom. you could have asked for wealth. You could have asked for honor. You could have asked for the life of your enemies because in those days they were ha- in battle. But you didn't do any of this. You asked for wisdom. So I'm giving you the wisdom. I'm also adding unto you wealth, honor, and long life. Amen. So, and riches. Yeah, and riches. So God gave to him more than he asked for. Hallelujah. God gave him what he needed even more than what he asked for. And I pray this morning that may the God who knows our need, he says he knows our need. Even before we cry out unto him, he has already heard us. Because he hears the need of your heart even before you open your mouth to speak it. May that God answer you. And whilst you are yet speaking, say so he's just listening. May God answer to your need, give an answer to your need. Whatever is needed in your life today, I pray may God hear your heart, the cry of your heart, your thoughts which are silent, your tears that you cry on your pillow when everybody is asleep. May God who sees, El Roy, may he sees it, the God who knows, and may he answer you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank the Lord because I could go off on this tangent. Hallelujah. But let me get back on course. So God gave him wisdom, wealth, and honor and long life. And not only that, God also gave him the wisdom that surpasses all the wisdom of all kings before him or even after. So Solomon was seeking God for God's hand, God's help to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Serve the Lord. That's what he was seeking for. The Bible said we should seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Then all these things that we need shall be added unto us. Amen. So beloved, this one, you know, I just want to bring this to you that let's seek God in our worship and in our devotion by our worship and by our devotion. Following him, doing his will, loving him, becoming worshipers of God. Not just recipients of God's love and God's mercy, but also givers unto God of our, our whole self. See, because worship and sacrifice are one. You know, we, we ought to worship God and serve God with all of our hearts, with our talent, with our time. No, I, I used the time first. Then talent, then treasure. Those are the first messages I ever preached in my life when I was young. Yeah. Worshiping God with your time, talent, and treasure. 
Amen. Worship God with your time, the time that he has given to you. Amen. And this, I mean, this morning, I just want to ask you, how much time or how much of your time are you giving to God? You know, because he's given us so much time. That's a 24 hours a day. How much of it do you devote to, to God? How much time do we make for God? What are we doing for God with the talent that he's given to us? Because every one of us has been given a certain ability. <clears throat> we are all not the same. But everybody can do something. The choir is singing. The finance people are the money people. Hey, hmm. You know, <laughs> they are laughing. They know why. Those are the, are the, gate, the, 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 the gatekeepers. They are also doing their bit. What are we doing for the Lord? How much time are we giving to God of our time? What are we doing with the talents that he's given to us? And what are we giving to God? How much and how well we do these things is so important to God. I have three scriptures here, but I don't think I want to go through them all because of my time. But the first one is, is Ezekiel 33, verse 30 to 31. He said, also thou son of man, talking to Ezekiel, he said, the children of thy people are still talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses. And they speak to one another, everyone to his brother saying, come, I pray you, and hear what the word is that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So they are seeking. First of all, they are talking against you, Ezekiel. Then, then they are seeking the word from your mouth. But they said they come to you, you know, but then they sit before you as my people. They hear your words, but they will not do them. So, so for their mouth, they show much love, but with their heart, it's covetousness. God wants both our heart and our mouth. God doesn't want just mouth, lip service. But oftentimes, believers, we give God more lip service than heart service. Because if we give him the lip service and the heart service also follows it, it will manifest in what we do. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah also said, so these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me according to the manner of man-made rules. They worship me according to the manner of men. We must worship God as Jesus said to that um, Samaritan woman. She said that a time is coming and now is when we ought to worship God in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh them such, such people like that to worship him. Because she was discussing where to worship. <laughs> Whether she should, they should go to the mountains or where? In Jerusalem. She said, no, no, it's not about where you are worshiping. It's about how. How are we worshiping God? Today, I didn't come to excite you, unfortunately. <laughs> but this is a word the Father put on my heart. So we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. Our lives must show forth the glory of God. Bible says we are people who have been taken, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the marvelous light of his son Jesus to show forth, to manifest God. Amen. The whole of creation, Bible says, is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. For us to show forth as the sons of God. Empowered by God. People that show that God is. We are the living epistles of the fact that God is God. And Jesus is Jesus. He's, he's the Lord. Hallelujah. So we will not just honor him with our lips. I love the Lord. Oh, you know, I'm a Christian. Oh, you know this and the word. You know, because some people can pray. 
quote all scripture, but their behavior is far from that. Amen. Oh, we can meet them. Oh, I said, oh, apostle, glory and honor and praise and power belong to you and the God that you serve. And the Lord said to me, and they will tell you all kinds of things. But meanwhile, hey, that is not the kind of Christian that we are looking for. Amen. God wants our heart service and our lip service also. Amen. God is still looking into the heart. Bible says men see on the outside, but God is still looking into our hearts. He sees into our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows our ways. He knows what we are doing. And so when you're giving lip service to God, he's laughing. Because he knows that, but that's not what God wants. Amen. Hence this morning's message. Let us be true worshippers. Tell us I'm going to be a true worshipper. True worshipper. Solomon's heart was for God. He wanted to serve the Lord, the God who had made him king instead of his brothers because he had other brothers who were vying for the kingship. But God singled him out and made him king. And he said that he thanks God who had made him king in the stead of his father David because there were others who could have taken the same position. He recognized the blessing of God upon his life. We must do the same. Every day, beloved, take stock of where you were and where you are now. That's the song they sang. My light will be greater than my the past. How were you before? What was in your life before? What was happening to you before? Even last year. What was your condition last year? What was your condition today? Every time we must think about it. Amen. If we think on those lines, beloved, we, we will show God more love. We will love him more and serve him more. Because the thing is that everything we are, whatever we have, where we are at, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything borders down on God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we, we should never, ever forget where God has picked us from or what God is doing in our lives. Yet often we, we, we forget him and we forget and deny him of what we ought to do for his pleasure. Because really, if you're a believer, you are living for the pleasure of God. That God will be pleased in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a scripture I love, especially there's a, there's a phrase, that, oh God, you are my God, my times are in your hands. And I pray this, you know, in relation to God, I mean, you are my God, my times are so You determine the times of my life, the days of my life, not mine. Amen. That's how I pray. But truly, if we think about it, our times are in the hands of the Lord. When we are leaving, checking out of this world, it's not, our, it's not in our power. We don't know. But every day of our lives is a mercy of God, is a grace of God, is a goodness of God. Because there's nothing we are doing or there's nothing better that we have than the person who left the earth yesterday. But it's just the mercy of God. Hallelujah. So indeed, our times are in his hands to do as he pleases, but he chooses to bless us. Oh, church. <laughs> our times are in his hands, but he chooses to bless us in spite of our failings, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our mistakes, our, our frailties, in spite of everything God just chooses that I will bless you. I love you. No matter what, I love you. 
and he blesses us. I mean, who will not serve a God like this? People who serve idols, they live in terror. Because if you're supposed to give that idol blood on the ninth day of the month, and perchance you forget, he will visit you in your house with wrath and everything like that. But our merciful God, when you forget to pray, he's still waiting on you. When you didn't pray for one week, because you were busy in your life, he was still there, still blessing you, still giving you breath to breathe. Hallelujah. All glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank God. That's why we say he's a merciful God. He's a good God. And he's a kind God. He is. He's a good God. Amen. So we mustn't deny him of our time, our talent, and our treasure. The Apostle Paul says something. He said, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Our bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are not of our own, but we are of God. Amen. Because he has, first of all, created us. Then he has redeemed us, bought us with a price. The price of the blood of his son. And so we are spirit, soul, and body. We belong to Christ. Hallelujah. He said, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Our lives must glorify God, give glory to God. Our lives must be for the service of God. And then all these things shall be added unto us. Hallelujah. Is the word going down? Praise God. So how are you serving God with your life? How, what are you doing in service to God? You know, in this house, there are many departments. Which department are you in? And how are you serving in that department? Your, your name could even be in a department. No problem. But if you don't work in that department, or you show up as and when you want to, get angry so you won't be part of the department for a while. God finds that very funny. Because really, who are we? What are we? I think I've told you of a time when I had lupus and my face was pocked, you know, black, 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 pocked. And I was a Sunday school teacher at that time, Sunday school teacher. And the children loved me. I could say Sunday school. Some of the children are now all grown up. Men with the children. I could easily be a grandma. And you know, these children would say, oh, Auntie Leanne, are you coming to Sunday school this, um, um, this Sunday? I was, oh, yes, 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 I'll come. There's one girl, she loved me so much, A.C. Howard. I said, say, oh, my, 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 my. Then I'll go to myself, ah, God. I look in the mirror. If you don't take this pock mark from my face, you, I look like a leopard. I won't go and show this my leopard face to those children. Main call. So I wouldn't go. And I felt that I was okay in what I was doing. Then when I went into the coma and my spirit came before God, the first thing he asked me, the Sunday school I gave you to teach, why have you not been going? And at that time, Without anybody saying, it just came to me. Rebellion. That's what the Bible said. Before God, no man shall be justified. Before God, you will see your seer. Nobody has to tell you what you have done is wrong. Amen. Let's welcome Commander Doctor. I think the doctor for the Lord's Garden Ministry. Amen. Commander, welcome. Amen. You see, I, and, and so when he asked me that, I couldn't say because... Um, you wouldn't heal me. But that's but what I used to say. I said, if you don't heal me, I'm not going to show this my left back face to these children. 
And every week they'll see me. Oh, Antilia, we miss you. I didn't even feel anything. You know, but before God, I realized that I'd rebelled against God. And all I, had, all I could do was to just go down my, my knees and cry and beg. Different, different things. Then finally he said to me, you know something? Even your righteousness is like filthy rags before me. But rise up. I love you. And that made me cry even more. Knowing that I'd made a mistake, but he still said, I love you. You know, Sunday school teacher, rebelling against God. Can you just picture, small, little, short Sunday school teacher, rebelling against almighty God. If you don't heal me, don't take this pock mask of these people of my face. I won't go and teach. As if you can't find other teachers. And there were other teachers who were going. But it was a major strike against me. Because when I went in the coma, where I was taking first, it's not where Christians were. And I was wondering, why am I here? Why have I been brought here? I've been brought here. Even if I'm dead, I'm not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be there. You are supposed to be there, Pa. But for the grace and the mercy of God. That's why I'm alive today. So to whatever assignment God has called us, beloved, let's do it and do it with our hearts. Nobody called you to be a choir, so you felt the call and came there. Nobody should annoy you out of the choir. If you have a baby, your baby should not stop you from coming to choir. You chose according to, and I, re- I realized it's God. Why am I drifting? It's God who puts this within us that I, I want to usher. I want to do the as for me, this is what I want to do for God. It's God. And once you, you enter into that call, it's not only the priests who are called, though. everyone is called to something. You must be diligent to the call. But God is watching. And the day you stand before Him, He's not going to ask you how many cars you have. He's not going to ask you about your debility or cordiality. He's going to ask you, what did you do with the time I gave you? What did you do the 70 years I gave you? What is the report? What did you do with the talents I gave you? I gave you a voice to sing. What did you do with it? You left it in your shower. Shower singing. Shower chorister. What did you do with the talent? What did you do with the money I gave you? Gave you so much money. What did you do with it? You know, he will ask us. That's what we are going to be asked. We believe we are not going to be judged. Because God, by the grace of Christ, has delivered us from judgment. But we are going to be questioned. What would we do with what God has given to us? So, listen. Let's understand that we are serving a God who knows all things. A friend of mine once asked me, that, ah, but why are you so intense in this work you do? Take a day off. Relax. Because one day she said, switch off your phone and rest. I said, switch off your phone and rest. I said, I can't switch off my phone. She said, why can't you switch off your phone? I said, because some, something will be happening to somebody. They may be calling me and I'll be offline. She said, ah, opa, do my phone nada. Ask my husband, my phone is never off. I put it off once. He, caught, he stopped, as you put it on, I put it on. And immediately there was a call that saved their life. So my phone is never off. You see, and she said that. And, I, and she said, ah, your boss is not around and... You can't see your boss. I said, that's precisely the, the problem. The problem I have is that my boss <laughs> sees everything. My boss is everywhere. Your boss is in his house. Whether you go to work and you go and sleep on the job, he doesn't know. But my boss, he knows everything. 
So my own is tighter and hotter. Are you understanding me? All of us, our father sees and our father knows. Amen. He sees and he knows to help us. At the same that he sees and he knows to see what we are doing with everything he has given to us. Our zoning to our treasure. Amen. Malachi 3, 8 to 10. He says, if I, I read from the verse 9, it makes it more clear, but let me start from there. He said, will a man rob God? Say, yet you have robbed me. And you say, how have we robbed you? And God says, in tithes and in offerings. Then he says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. They said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that I may meet in my house. And prove me here with, said the Lord, and, I will not, and if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, then there shall be no more room to receive it. People just think only on the tithe. But it's a tithe and offerings, okay? So both. So with the treasure God has given to you, what are you doing with it? How are you giving to God? Are we giving God pittance? Are we giving to God generously? Because God is giving to us generously. I mean, he's a generous God. Are we giving to God cheerfully or are we giving to God grudgingly? One thing I don't like is to come and stand and say, bring 10 cities, then we'll bring 5 cities, then we'll go like that. The fairy cry, my fairy you know? So <laughs> I'm not very good at fundraising. When I'm going to do fundraising, I sweat. And the pastors know, they say, oh no, no, because I know. But sometimes I try. I'm very good fundraising at people's churches, so. Come and see me in my friend's church. I can raise funds. I raise funds for building projects. But when it comes to my own, now if you, I'm, I'm stammering and tongue-tied and all that. Why? Because of how you look at me. Anyway, <laughs> back to the word. Oh, you are good people. But listen, listen. The tithe is a major area of contention. And I choose to zone on this because, you see, we are in a time not only in Ghana, but the whole world where finances are difficult. The world over is in recession. In London, the, the bread that used to be 12 slices, they haven't increased the price, so they've cut it down to 8 slices in the bag. So you think you are buying the usual for the same price, but you are being short-chained. It's happening. In Ghana too, everything is three times what it used to be. So the, 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 the tendency to withhold from God is higher. And to withhold from God is to bring yourself into poverty. That is what it is. So I'm saying this, that the tithe has been a place of contention for many believers. Why? Because it hurts. It really hurts to see your money go like that. It is easy when it's small. Like for example, you, you have 3,000 CDs as your salary or 1,005 as your salary to remove 150 Ghana cities any day. I mean, it's easy. But when you hit a jackpot or a business force and you get 300,000 Ghana cities to remove 30,000 cities power to bring it to church. It's too much for church. And that one I find very like, hey. People actually think that certain monies are too much to bring to church. Ask yourself, are you not one of them? The reason being that <laughs> Pastors will chop it. That's number one reason. I saw for big D. And I'll tell you boldly today. Pastors are supposed to chop the tithe. There's scripture to show it. There's tithe is for the Levites. Not chop as in, you know, um, 
like instilling and chopping. But then that is what is the remuneration of the Levites, the pastors. You see? And some will say, oh, I'll give to orphanages. It's the same. It's not the same. I'll give to the poor. It's, the same. it's not the same. Read the word. There's a place for giving to the poor and a place for giving to orphanages. And listen, forgive me this one. If you die, the orphanage will not come and pick you and bury you. We are the first people in line to be called. Two days ago, we were somewhere. All of us. Hot afternoon, we had to run. The poor are not coming to bury you. When you are really hot, you have a spiritual problem. You can call the orphanage or the poor. It's God you call upon. And it's the people of God, the people who are God's ambassadors, the people that God has anointed that you call upon. So stop that thing, cry, It is not an equation. It doesn't fall through. But one thing you must also understand, believers, is that whether you tithe or you don't tithe, the work of God will go on. Because God takes care of his own. And if you tip God too, God is able to take care of his own. Know the tip. Do what the tip to God is. How many of you know? Show me. Tell me. The tip to God is this. When you think you are paying your tithe, or you say you are paying your tithe, but really you are lying, you are giving less than your tithe. Now I call it tipping God. God will not regard it as a tithe because it's not, it's not up to the amount. You see, and the thing is that in Mark chapter 12, one day the disciples of Jesus were asked to go and pay taxes by the Pharisees, and they were reluctant. Jesus said, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. Now, many people take this scripture to say, okay, so we will pour libation (laughs) if we have to, and pray when we have to. Do you realize that? People use that scripture. Twist it and turn it. So that they can do to Caesar. So Caesar says, Caesar for them maybe is the traditional religion. Paul libation. Do blood sacrifice. And they'll say, Alright. Interpret it whatever you want. But listen to that. Give what belongs to God to God. Hello. You will enjoy this message at all. But we'll help you. But the tithe is not a free will offering. Your offering is free will, anything. But the tithe is a portion that belongs to the landowner, the Lord, God, creator of the universe. He says, of all that I give to you, enjoy. But the tenth belongs to me. Pastor's chop, yes. Because it is for the renomination of the Levites, amen. But today we even extend it to light bills and all kinds of things because the church is an organization it's run like every organization the only thing that is spiritual so in an organization where they say okay you have to pay taxes yeah you're also to pay church we can't we're just looking praying and hoping that people will be faithful but you see the case is that it's even it's even more important to please god in your spiritual life than in your physical that's where true benefit comes from. Are we together? Oh, clap for me small. Let me give you. Okay. Numbers 18, 20 
21. And the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Aaron is a high priest. Thou shalt have no inheritance in the land. When they were sharing the land of Canaan among the 12 tribes. The tribe of Levi, which is the priesthood, the whole tribe, they were priests. They and their children. If you are born into the tribe of Levi, you don't have to do any work. You have to serve. And he said, neither shall you have any part among them. I am your part and your inheritance among the children of Israel. And behold, I'll give the children of Levi all the tenth, the tithe in Israel for an inheritance. For their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. But the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they shall bear the iniquity of the people, and it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. It doesn't end with the Old Testament. That among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, I've given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore, I've said unto them, among the children of Israel, they shall not have any inheritance of the land that is being shed. Can you see it? Twelve tribes enter into Canaan. Joshua shared the land. But don't give the tribe of Levi. Twelve tribes, don't give Levi. Why? Because Levi has to serve and make sure that the spiritual well-being of the people is perfect. That they do not slack in the worship of God as a people. So you, you work. Solomon's thousand burnt offerings. Do you think it was only Solomon who was there flaying the, the animals? It was the Levites. Thousands of them. So he says, you can't go to the field. So I'm not giving you land. But the tithe of all the eleven is for me. And I give it to you. So you and your children may live of the tithe. Today, people say, I mean, really? Who works in the bank and goes to collect their, their remuneration from uh, um, AME? I'm telling you the truth, though. So that you don't miss it. It's because when you don't pay your tithe, what you are doing is that you are shortchanging the Levites and the work of God. I said this that we use light bill. If you are a light bill, um, Antina, how much the life to a month? 20,000 a month. This place. You know? So if you withhold your tithe, where are we going to get the money to keep these air conditions that are making us feel fine this morning on? It's your tithe. As an offering, come and count the offering. One city, two city, one city, two city. You'll be up and the back. You can't run the church with offering. Nobody does. You cannot. Our Sunday offering, Antina said, how much is it? Roughly. Pardon? 3,000. Multiplied by four. Mathematics, 1,200. Right? 12,000. It doesn't even pay the light bill. Before it comes to, let me think of my shoes. Before it comes to the Levites, before it comes to the runaround, people come to do weddings in this house. We don't charge anybody for air conditioning. Like, Pastor Abi, when you're going to a wedding at his wife's church, is she here? Now, where is she? And she's in there. We have to pay for their air condition. We have to pay for the whole. Now, your church. I was so hungry. Me, TV, that. 
Today we don't do that. We come in free. And some people also come to the altar <coughs> weekdays. <coughs> when they come, there's nobody here on my time. They come and boldly, they switch on the air conditions. Pra, pra, pra. They come to the altar. They lay on the altar. They pray, they pray, they pray, they pray. Some are okay. They will leave an offering. Some will get up and then, oh yeah. Some even forget to put off their condition. Their condition is running. The doors are always open. Many churches, the doors are locked because of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, when you withhold your tithe, you are withholding from God. You are withholding from the progression of the work of God. For me, if you say you don't pay your tithe, and you look at me, I I love you. I look at you too, too. Yeah, because you are making my work difficult. How can I pay the pastors? Do the headache I have? 35 pastors in all the whole of the Lord's Garden ministry. Because I must come up one way or the other with remunerations. But it depends on the people. But God has been so merciful that when some fail, one person can come and hit the box and they will be able to pay. Hello! <laughs> Maybe you didn't understand. So today I want you to really understand so you know what you are doing, okay? So the Levites cater for your spiritual needs. We keep the altar alive and the Levites in place. As I speak now, two of my pastors have come to tell me they have found jobs. Yeah, I have 35 pastors. Two have found jobs somewhere else and they are doing the two because scandals. And I couldn't say, oh, you will have time. I said, God bless you. I'll bless it for you. You know, and so someone said, oh, and I person won't pay you my year. You bet you I could pay you my year. But when we go and you come and you're looking for somebody and you don't get anybody to her, you are there. Anyway, but you see, our, our love for God must keep us in the place of giving to the agenda of God. Today, in the whole world, there are many religions, and religions are thriving. Pe- bringing in people. There are some, even false religions, who in this Ghana, hmm, they, 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 they pay engagement, um, what do you call it? They, they do people's engagement for them. I don't want to mention the name. But when they get to a village, and they build their very beautiful Sanctuary, very serene looking, nice grass and everything. You get my drift? They do when you go say, Have you finished your um, engagement? No, we'll pay. They pay for the engagement and then they pay for the wedding, and the people are forever grateful. They are there. Meanwhile, it's false doctrine. Why? Because they have they've understood that they want their false religion to take more people. But believers, we don't think that. Oftentimes, sorry to say, because believers are thinking about, God will bless me, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. But then, how about the kingdom? We need to stretch our mind very, very far. I wish I had buses in this house. I wish I had buses that would run from Medina all the way down here. I wish I had buses that would run from Teshinungwa here. I wish I had buses. It would be better. Because people want to come to church, they don't have means of transport. Somebody, people in this church, maybe five people can buy a bus. It's possible. If we stretch our hearts to it, let's begin to look 
at the work of God with a different eye. Think far. And you will see that there's so much need in the house of God. And the test of your love is what you are doing for the building up of the kingdom. If we say we love God, what are we doing for God's agenda? I was, there's no fundraising in, in, in any mosque. Have you been? And you don't go to mosque anyway. <laughs> but Muslims, they don't do fundraising. When a Muslim gets to a peak of, or, or a certain level of financial wealth, the first thing they want to do is to build a mosque by themselves. And every Friday, people come to the mosque and they prepare food for them. So when they finish praying, they eat the same person and they go home. Why won't some Christians now decide that they want to tuba? They want to become Muslims. A comedy now. That's where you find food. Believe, are we here? Let's think and let's look at our God. The love we have for God. What we want to see with the kingdom of God and how it, it should manifest in all that we do. Amen. Never ever let them tell you that now so for them, now so for them, they like talking about money. Of course, there's misuse. That one, I will not deny it. There are certain places and certain times where there's misuse, but then that doesn't mean that we ought not to do what is the right thing to God. So I tell her, I say, as for me, I will give to God whatever I have to give to God, even if it leaves with nothing. And when somebody is saying that, oh, eh, it's too much for church, and I saw four crowds, they should be poor. These are, hey, one day I had a woman say that, eh, me, my, my scarf that I was wearing, my bogele, the gele is too fine. They are suffering up her life, sir. She's using her money to buy gele and her hats. Hey. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. That should not be your thought. Because whatever money comes into the church is God's money. And if there's any accountabilities to God, and who doesn't fear God? Some people don't. But we fear God. I said we fear God. Are we together? Amen. So, our love for God must be manifest in how we worship, how we serve, how we sacrifice, how we give to God then we will come into that uncommon favor that Solomon came into. He came into uncommon favor. Why? Because he, he, he gave the best and all to God and asked really for little, nothing you know, compared to the things you could have asked for. And God gave him that and God gave him more. Amen. I prayed this morning that every one of us will put a test to our love for God and also think what am I doing for God you have a talent some people could be great evangelists there's a time up could go out and win souls you meet people every day how many people have you brought to the church no you are going enjoying you know with your friends but who have you invited to come to church but you come to church and you're blessed you are slain in the spirit you rise up in anointing. You are healed. You are delivered. You have a testimony. The first thing you should do is go like the woman of Samaria and say, behold, I've met a man. I have met a man. And he is the son of God. So 
But someone also seeking God. Because there are people who are seeking God, <coughs> but they don't know where to go. And that's why people are taking them to all kinds of places. If you found the real thing, first thing to do is to call somebody. Amen. Believers, we have a lot to do. Especially in this end time. Because if you look at the world calendar, see, we are the end time. Why? The signs are there. Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, all the, 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 the signs of the physical signs of, of you know, the, the, the things that are, happen, are happening. And above that is the human heart towards God. Today, people don't fear God. They are actually putting their finger at Kamegonti in Wonucho Gugomi. Jela Kayole. Aha, my Monteno, Montenkan, Mitchem Monkai. Or say Omudom Kukumuti, Shaya Bihunim. Yeah, eh, to God. So we'll do it. Yenaope, Ukayanjundi. Insults. And God in His mercy is watching. But trust this. The judgment of God is coming. But the God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, we reap. So we are at the end time. And that's why it's more, it's, it's, it's more important for us believers to rush, to pull in more people, to make sure that we are winning more people, we are getting more people, getting more people established. Opening churches in villages everywhere so that more people will come into the fold than be lost to hell. Because it's our duty. Amen. Are we together this morning? The blessing of Solomon. Solomon was blessed because he knew what time it was. And he knew what to do. I pray this morning that, please rise up. I pray this morning that having heard the word of God, we come to the place of understanding. That we will give of our time. We will not withhold our time from God. 24 hours in a day. So that we don't even give five, five minutes. We forget. You are a talent. What can you do? Do with all your might. Don't hold back. Don't just be a pure warmer. Do something. And God has given us different gifts. Some people, they will not maybe be ushers, but some are kingdom financiers. That's what you are doing. Some people are counselors. Some people, you know, are doing all kinds of things. Find your niche. Find your place in the house of God and in the body of Christ. And serve with every talent he's given you. And give of your substance, especially your tithe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give of your tithe, your offerings. And not only that, do things for God. Do things for God. Do things for God. Do things for the kingdom. Jesus said, in as much as you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. This morning, you want to pray yourself. You also pray to God. Respond to his word. Talk to him. Thank you, Jesus. Pray yourself. 
we are the kingdom of God. We are soldiers in the army. We must take our place. Some are the hearing. Some are the eyes. Some are the feet that are going. Some are the hands. Pray this morning. be more like you.
Whenever we make an altar call, you come. God says that if you acknowledge me before men, He said, I'll also acknowledge you before the Father. When you come to the altar, it's a public acclamation. Amen. Before God and before man. It's different. Even that is truth. Oh, you stand in the your seat and say, oh, it's the same thing. I stand here, I won't go. People who look at me and people say, hey, so if you want to renew your covenant with God, da, 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 da. listen, this world, this life. He said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are not working our salvation together. We are being taught the word of God as I've taught you this morning. But when the push comes to the shove, it's you alone. When you die, they bury you alone. I said, Father Bernard, who the lady was wanted to go with Father Bernard. But apart from that, <laughs> so don't. For those of you who are here, you know that your pastor likes to teach a joke, but I'm serious. So come. You want to renew your love for God, your commitment to God in your time. Maybe you find it even difficult to pray. I talk about three things time, talent, and treasure. Come, because grace is here. Grace is here. Grace is being here. Come quickly. They keep on showing me this red thing that my time is up. Yeah, I'm three minutes over my time. I want to be a vessel you I want to be a vessel that you can work through. I want you to work through me. And even, yes, there are some of you who have a call to preach. The evangelists amongst you. You're not giving into the call. Join these people quickly. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be a vessel. your worship. Jesus, help me. Help me to be dedicated. Help me to be committed to your service and to your worship in all that I've been called to do in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You are my helper. Help me. Teach me. Enable me to do the will of God in the mighty name of Jesus. I surrender my spirit, my soul, and my body unto you, my God. Use me as a vessel of honor unto you. Help me to be a kingdom builder, a kingdom worker, 
a kingdom financier, help me to be a lover of your kingdom, to be a builder of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now this morning, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, and I command the good hand of the Lord to come upon you right now. May the hand of the Lord come upon you. The good hand of the Lord that enables us may come upon you. May that hand of the Lord that helps you may come upon you. May that good hand of the Lord that strengthens us to be even that which we can't be, do that which we can't even do by our natural ability. May the good hand of the Lord come upon you. And from today, may you experience uncommon favor, uncommon favor, uncommon help. May God reveal himself to you face to face. May he cause you to hear him as friend and as his partner and his ally here on this earth. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit be given to you to do all that God has called you to do. May God bless you for your response to to, to, to rededication this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. May he establish you in his favor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website www.tlgm.org Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.